0: Hello, and welcome to our latest episode of 30 for Net Zero 30. I'm Anna-Marie Slott, Global Sustainability and ESG partner here at Ashurst, and we're speaking with 30 changemakers around the globe about the actions to take now to deliver on 2030 goals. Today, I'm very pleased to be joined by John Lang, who has many projects on the go at once. Uh, John leads the Net Zero Tracker, a joint consortium project tracking Net Zero targets, as well as running his own consultancy. John... You know, given all the different uh, irons you have on the fire, maybe you could give us a little more background about what you do and, and, and where you spend your time.
1: Yeah, no worries. Firstly, thanks for having me, anne Maria, It's a pleasure to be here. Um, yeah, so I uh, my day job is, um, is running uh, or leading the Net Zero Tracker uh, on behalf of four international organizations. Uh, so I work for the Energy and Climate Intelligence Unit here in London. And we work with Oxford Net Zero, uh, the New Climate Institute, and the data-driven Envirolab in the US. And what we what we do is we, we track net zero targets, uh, net zero targets of countries, of regions, cities, and, and big companies, so the largest uh, 2,000 publicly listed companies in the world. And essentially, uh, what we're trying to do is uh, increase transparency. There's a, a big a void in reporting globally around what actually matters uh, for net zero. So what we try and do is we try and bring in Uh, indicators of whether there's an interim target or whether uh, an entity is wanting to rely on offsets, for example. Um, And so we try and make that data uniform so that then our stakeholders, our audience, uh, be it journalists, be it uh, activists, uh, or be it the the lay public can actually get a good grasp on what an entity is doing and what it's not. Um, And it also increases comparability. Um, and so essentially we're trying to activate the accountability cycle uh, globally across all these entities. Um, and so we, uh, our, the best way to think about it, the tracker, I suppose is um, in terms of our theory of change and what we're trying to achieve. And we're trying to increase uh, peer pressure uh, through scrutiny. Uh, and we're also looking to introduce uh, something called fear pressure. So doing deep dives on entities Uh, to uncover whether they're greenwashing uh, or whether they're genuinely uh, trying to uh, transition to net zero. Uh, And we're also trying to surface good practice where we find it. We don't like to call it uh, a best practice because best practice only exists theoretically uh, at the moment, unfortunately. So we can only uh, zero in on on good practice. Um, And the ultimate goal for the net zero tracker is to be the mothership of net zero. So what we want to do is we want to to not only do this scrutinizing exercise, but we would also like to signpost to other initiatives, uh, other uh, campaigns out there that are providing context uh, and, and uh, information, not just trackers um, on net zero uh, and the decarbonization challenge. And then just, sorry, just to mention the other the other irons in the fire, Anne-Marie, you say I do, I run, a, I run a consultancy and I specialize in communicating visually uh, climate change policy and science to the public, um, and so that's probably uh, my favourite pastime. To be honest, um, I really, I really do enjoy, really do enjoy doing those infographics.
0: <laughs> Excellent. So, so a lot, of, a lot of, uh, a lot of projects on the go at once. I think you know, it's in some ways it's quite funny that we're we're here on a podcast when, in actual fact, you know, so much of your time is is spent visualising for people. Things like the IPCC report and what that actually means, right? Visually, which um, you know some some great work that you've done around that, and I think really that 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 education piece when people say I don't know what that really means, um, when you have those infographics, that's that's super helpful um, as people are talking about it. I guess you know, obviously, you've you've been at this for a little while now. Um, What's the What's the shifts that you're seeing in in people's interaction with this or in people's uptake on on what you're putting out?
1: I think there's growing recognition of the of the importance of climate change now. It's not just a fringe issue, it's not it's not um, you know I, d- I don't want to take anything away from plastics you know, in the ocean, for example, but it's that's a solvable issue. Climate change is the most intractable issue that we've that we've ever come come up against as, as um, uh, a human species. And I think there's growing recognition of that. It's not an issue, it's an era that we're, that we're going into. Um, and also, I think moving from uh, if climate change is real um, to how we actually address it is, has been a really important shift. That's not, that's, that's not occurred over the last two, two years or so, but it, but it has been a, an incremental shift over the last 10, 15 years. So that's, that's, a really positive, that's a really positive starting place. And today, 90% of the economy. Uh, is covered by a net zero target, and that is huge. Um, I think only two years ago it was 16%. Um, so with uh, the likes of the US, China, India jumping on board with this transition, um, we can safely say now that the nine-tenths, the lion's share of the global economy is committed to getting to net zero. So that's, um, that's, that's an amazing, um, an amazing statistic. And there's, there's also, not just at the country level, you've got the, the, at the non, what's called non-state actor level. Um, it's probably best to say non-state um, ent- uh, entities. Um, and, and the Race to Zero has managed to corral now 11,000 non-state entities from 116 countries uh, to commit to a science, science-based uh, agenda to reduce your emissions and get to net zero.
0: Yeah, interesting. And and, and I think really Interesting at the moment is the conversation that's going on. You know, you do have all these commitments, but now we have a little bit of some challenging headwinds coming. You know, some there's there's various macroeconomic trends that are happening in the world. You know, the, the conflict in the Ukraine. You've got energy prices across Europe. Um, you've got the U.S. having you know conversations about what things mean, and the and the press certainly picking up on trying to you know bifurcate between the E, the S, and the G. Um, so it's really, I think, a critical time for things like your tracker, which come out and and show the data around delivery of on net zero goals. Um, and, and really kind of how how do you deliver in spite of you know all of these other things. But but, you know, for you, where do you think, you know, in light of all of these changes that have happened recently, maybe, you know, you've had a long window on this, you know, 10 years ago to now. And where do you think those actions need to be taken right now in terms of what people need to be doing?
1: Um, yeah, you know, you raise a good point. You know, we're in, 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 in an incredibly fraught geopolitical context, um, and so it is it is really difficult for policymakers uh, and change makers um, to to implement the change that we need to do. Um, actually, I think it's a good a, a good time to 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 talk a little bit about the Net Zero Tracker in terms of uh, in terms of the transition. Because we're going from what we like to think from intention to integrity to implementation. And what the what the tracker tries to zero in on is the integrity side. Well, the intention side, yes, um, you know, have have these entities pledged, but also trying to trying to uh, surface whether there's good governance around those targets. Uh, to, to, the, to therefore mean that implementation is more likely to succeed uh, because you need you need good governance. Uh, for for the, for the implementation of these of these targets. Um, in terms of specific actions, um, I like to I, I like to think about it. I think it was uh, uh, Miles Allen, an Oxford academic, who, who said that we need to concentrate changing the minds of decision makers, not changing the the decisions of eight billion people. Um, and so that's often the way I like to frame it. Um, and so the actions that that I would like to to see, um, I We need to see G7 uh, leadership. Uh, We need to see the G7 delivering on their plans and policies that reduce emissions by 50% or more by 2030. Um, I'd love to see the first G7 country come out um, and align to what the IEA has recommended, that there needs to be no more investments in oil and gas from this point on, from 2022. So I'd love to see a G7 country come out uh, and and, and do that. uh, you know, you've you've got some very obvious ones like uh, if we could get a moratorium on coal. Um, if Narendra Modi and and Xi Jinping were to do something like that, that would be immense. It's unlikely, uh, but but that would be that would you know really be kind of low hanging fruit at the at the at the uh, international level. Um, and then I suppose it can really all be framed, uh, and and I'm sure we'll get to this, anne Maria, when we when we talk about COP27. But I think the biggest thing that, that, that will unlock uh, net zero ambition is actually rich world, the rich world, leaders from the rich world, keeping their promises to the developing world. Um, and if, if they do that, uh, it increases trust in the whole system, and, and, and it, that will put a rocket under momentum uh, that is sadly lacking, uh, in part because of Putin's war in Ukraine uh, and skyrocketing uh, gas uh, prices.
0: Yeah, no, actually, an interesting point. I mean, we obviously we're going to get to to COP twenty seven and what we think that's going to happen there. Um, and you, you know, it, it, I, I like I like your your trio of eyes there: intention, integrity, and implementation. Um, I think though that especially that integrity is is really that kind of putting putting your money where your mouth is. Which you need at a company level, you need at, you know, at a delivery level, but you also need at a country level. And and COP27, you know, there were a, there were a lot of big statements made in, in Glasgow in, in 26 around where money was flowing and how that was going to get delivered and how people were going to deliver on that change. And that was a really interesting time that the private actors first you know showed up in force i think at a cop and said look we're you know we're we're in this we're on the you know we're on this ride and and we're going to deliver on this ride i think you know 27 obviously people are calling it the africa cop you know or the global south Cop, but I think it also is, you know, a continuation of that finance cop. Where is the cash mm. uh, going? Is it going anywhere? Is it still just being talked about? And and, and how are people delivering on those those twenty six commitments? So, you know, what are you what are you seeing? Obviously, um, you know, doing some work about uh, around twenty seven.
1: I mean, you know, there are two there are two things that that, that make a successful cop, um, and this this cop is no different. Um, uh, it's, it's seldom that COPs are a success. You know, we know that, um, we know that uh, the Paris Agreement, uh, COP 15, uh, sorry, COP 21 was a success. And that was a success because uh, the rich world delivered on the promises to the poorest, most vulnerable nations, basically in full at that COP. So that's what, that's what a successful COP would look like uh, coming into Shamil Sheikh. Uh, you know, delivery on the climate finan- finance of 100 billion per year which was promised back in 2009, uh, agreeing on a global adaptation goal, uh, mm-hmm. agreeing, uh, you know, a loss and damage finance facility, which, you know, is frankly an idea whose time has finally come, albeit at a very tense moment geopolitically, um, you know, where balance sheets aren't looking, aren't looking great. Um, so, you know, so if, if, if we were to deliver, on, if there was to be delivery on one or two of those three, of those three items, around adaptation, around loss and damage, around climate finance, you know, reaching that 100 billion threshold, um, I think it. I think COP 27 would actually be a success, even if one or two of them, um, one of them was met and, and the other two would say progressed. Um, uh, we don't have momentum um, at the in terms of um, in terms of the nationally determined contributions, the, the the carbon cutting promises by nations. I think just 23. Of the nearly 200 countries which signed the Glasgow Climate Pact um, have submitted updated 2030 climate plans. Um, You know you have some some green shoots, uh, for example in Australia they've raised their NDC or their carbon cutting uh, uh, 2030 plan from from 26% to 43%, that's great. You've got the UAE which is hosting COP28 next year. They've, they've, They've promised to raise their ambition from 23 to 31%. The EU has promised to, to even increase their 55% promise uh, in light of Ukraine and, and, and in light of uh, the accelerated shift renewables um, and away from gas. Um, so you do have some green shoots, but I, I, I don't see success coming on the kind of accelerated decarbonisation plans at the moment. But what, but what can unlock the momentum that's lacking there is through delivering on some of these promises to the, the, le- the, the most vulnerable, um, uh, the least able uh, countries in the world. So that, I mean, that, that's how I'd, I'd frame COP27, but I think we have to go on with a, with a low baseline, with low expectations, unfortunately, just because of the global uh, situation at the moment.
0: Yeah, yeah. Changing tax a little bit. Um, I, I, I want to say congratulations. I think recently, uh, recently married. Um, wh- what are you yourself uh, kind of focused on in terms of you know sustainability? Any any commitments in your uh, in in the way that you run you know your own shop?
1: You know, absolutely. I'm glad you asked. So first and foremost, I'm not a climate saint, unfortunately. Um, uh, like some of my colleagues, um, I actually got married in Greece. Um, uh and so and we had 20 visitors from New Zealand. Um, so uh, so it was a destination wedding, so um, there is an admission at the start there. but so what what, what we are what we are trying to do uh, actually uh, and, and thanks for your, uh, for your kind words. Um, we are we just bought a, a small house in, in London and we are about to refurbish and we will be uh, bringing in a uh, taking advantage of the 5000 uh, pound heat pump grant. And we'll be installing solar, uh, so that's that's really exciting. Um, and uh, we don't actually own a car, and so we could keep it that way. Uh, but my partner is a doctor, and uh, uh, changes where she works annually. Uh, so so we will be looking at buying an EV next year as well. Um, so but there are a few there are a few things that we're prioritising, and, and what I t- tend to say to my New Zealand friends, uh, where cars are, are, are a huge part of our culture, uh, you know, if there's anything that you can do. Uh, it is to, to to move to an EV and try and leave those behavioural traces, so that others um, others do the same. Um, but um yeah, so um, so flying is something that I uh, I, I potentially need to uh, tackle. Um, but in terms of my my everyday, uh, I uh, I am working on that. And then of course my work, uh, and that's the that's the way that's the way I try and contribute the most. Um, and yeah, you know, for example. I have a, I have an infographic and in pipeline uh, that uh, is zeroing in on net zero, um, and I'm, I'm going to use net zero actually as an anagram. Um, and I, uh, would you like me to share the anagram? Oh yes. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Um and I, I'm sure it'll look better as you, as you uh, intimated earlier. It, it will, it would look, it'll look a lot better visually uh, than spoken, but um, uh, as anagrams tend to. Uh, so. Uh, The N for for net zero is uh, near-term reductions. So that's in effect carbon emissions by 2030, or thereabouts. Uh, E is an end target by mid-century at the latest. Uh, T is for transparency on scope, coverage, plans, and interim targets. Uh, Z is zero emissions uh, come first. Uh, E is equity is important. You know, we need a just transition both, both internationally and domestically to be able to deliver on this uh, and not have political backfire um, so that we can actually progress um, uh, the decarbonisation at the, at the speed that science demands from us. Uh, R is for regular reporting and reviewing uh, in light of in light of new science uh, and the O is offsets come last so so what i'm what I'm what I'm hoping to do with that anagram is is dive in and do um, do a social media friendly uh, diagram for each of those uh, but then it'll it'll also be able to uh, be presented as uh, as a coherent whole uh, and so I'll release that on on the tracker uh, at some point uh, before cop. Uh, so that's that's, you know that's something that, that's a commitment that i that I've got is is helping people understand. Uh, climate change, because uh, as Catherine Hayhoe, uh one of the, the world's leading scientists, says, uh, the most important thing you can do uh, around climate change is to talk about it. Um, and so, what I, and, and you know, the prerequisite for that is understanding it. Um, uh, I think, as Einstein said, if you, you know, if you can't um, if you can't explain it simply, you don't understand it well. Uh, so I take that. I take that on. I take that as a challenge and try and explain that as simply as possible to help others understand it.
0: Yeah, no, excellent anagram. Actually, you know, it does incorporate lots and lots of the issues that we talk about in lots of different formats, right? We talk about them when we're talking about energy transition. We talk about that in the built environment. We talk about that in sustainable finance. It's, it is that, you know, what are the goals? How do you get there? How do you know that somebody's actually getting there? Right? That transparency. That and and also that continuous updating, you know, as, as people learn more, this is always going to iterate. It's not going to be something that you, you know, agreed to, you know, a year and a half ago, and it's going to look the same in a year from now. It, it is going to be that constant kind of report and review. Um, so really, really, really nice. I'm looking forward to, uh, to uh, you releasing that visually as well. <clears throat> I guess, we have a few moments left, last few moments. If you could get the listeners just to to remember one thing, one one takeaway from today's conversation, what might that be?
1: Um, if I may, I'd, I'd love to I'd love to present two. Um, so, I mean, the two questions I get asked, uh, the two most common questions that I get asked um, when people find out that I'm that I work in climate change, is you know, are we screwed? Um, often more unsavory language. Um, um, and also, what can I do to help? Um, and so uh, to the first question, are we screwed? No, we're not. Um, and I think one of the one of the uh, liberating things about learning more about climate change is, is understanding that we, that we really aren't. Um, you know, 1.5 degrees is better than 2 degrees. Um, 1.5 degrees is, is, you know, the, the, the window to that is, is fast running out. But all is all's not lost if we don't if we don't um, you know, hit that, what, 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 at the, what at the end of the day is an arbitrary um, a target. Um, but two degrees um, is, is, is still a lot better than three degrees, and three degrees is a lot better than four degrees. And so I, I think understanding that if we don't hit some of these targets, uh, that the Paris Agreement has front and center, um, all, all is not lost. Um, and and you know, there, are, there, there are science tipping points, yes, that there's a lot of uncertainty, and unknowns around those around those tipping points, but there are also social tipping points, um, and you know we, we're starting to uh, encounter encounter some of those social tipping points around wind and solar and EVs. Um, so uh, it's a really exciting uh, a- exciting kind of juncture uh, in the transition. Um, and then to the second question, what can I do to help? I've, I've mentioned it, but it's to talk, it is to talk about it. Um, you know, if it's not political, if there aren't political uh, repercussions um, or ripples. Um, you know, it could be better for your conscience uh, than it is for the climate. And so, so, so when people think about individual behavioural change, um, I would urge them to think about whether it has political, a political dimension. Um, and so that, you know, that is that, that it's uh, it starts with talking about it with your friends and your colleagues and your family. Uh, but it also involves you know voting for climate aware um, political candidates, uh, for joining groups and organisations, um, for making your voice heard. Uh, for writing a letter to your to your uh, to your uh, public official, um, and, and 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 kind of wrapped up in that is that is that not to be overawed um, by the immensity of of the challenge, um, and and the way we're going to the way we're going to overcome uh, climate change and to deliver on decarbonisation is not through sacrifice, it's through opportunity, and I think that's really important because sometimes. Uh, sacrifice can be can be presented by certain uh certain uh, dimensions of the aisle and and I, and I don't think that's helpful whatsoever so yeah what I'd say is uh is uh, all is not lost and but we what we do need to do is we need to talk more about this this issue
0: no oh, great points great points look the opportunity is something that we talk about a lot I, I like your I like your point about basically don't give up even if it sounds bad now you know keep keep going and don't just throw in the towel on it that the those are really important because people can get this kind of stand back attitude
1: well they and, and just on that point they do say that doom, doomism is the new denialism um and i and i completely and i completely agree with that sentiment um it just is, is really unhelpful and the, the worst thing about it is that in 10 years time in 15 years time you're still going to have people um uh you know on certain political beats saying that Oh, look, you know, the IPCC said this was going to happen, and it didn't happen. Therefore, climate change doesn't exist. And then you're going to have people, uh, you know, perhaps on the left who are saying it's way worse than it was. So we're always going to have these cult- culture cultural wars. We're always going to have these political wars. Um, you know, from the crooked timber of humanity, nothing straight was ever made. And but we have to, but we, but we can't, we can't lose sight of the progress that we are um, that we are implementing. You know, if someone said to me that 90% of the global economy would would have would be at net zero, uh, would, sorry would not be at net zero. Would have committed to net zero uh, three years ago. I would have, I would have not believed them. You know, so I think I think also the metrics that we use to judge uh, progress uh, needs to be um, needs to be um, uh, firmly uh, practical and, and pragmatic.
0: Thanks so much, John. I really appreciate you joining us today, um, and thanks for all your insights.
1: Cool. Thank you very much for having me, Anna-Marie.
0: Thank you for listening to this podcast. We hope you found it worthwhile. To learn more about the issues we've just covered, please visit ashurst.com forward slash podcasts. This 30 for Net Zero 30 episode is just one small part of our continuing podcast series, ESG Matters at Ashurst. Make sure you don't miss any of our future episodes by subscribing via Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. While you're there, you can also listen to our other episodes and leave a rating or review. In the meantime, thanks again for listening and goodbye for now.